just messing. Good, always good to get to greet people together. Oh, we have another prayer request. Here we go. All right. Um, Oh gosh, they keep flowing in. Lots of prayers. Okay. Um, welcome. If you're visiting with us today, welcome. Hopefully uh, um, that you were able to receive a card. You're our guest today, and we're just thrilled that you're here. Um, I'm going to be singing that song, I think, the rest of this week. I love that. Those, those great way to start off today. Um, but we do welcome you here, and we, we're just glad that you're here um, in the presence of the Lord today for us to worship. Uh, you can look. If you want to become a member of Haven, February 1st, we're going to have our... Um, our connection time, our, uh, and you can see the dates and times about that. If you uh, take this home and you want to email, you can email the email address is there. Um, men's group, men's group has been meeting on Tuesday at uh, 7 p.m. right over here, um, or sometimes in here. So I'd uh, love to have you out. They just started, we just started this week a fight, and um, it's a it's a great uh, series done by Craig Groschel. Uh, pastor of LifeChurch.World or whatever it is now. It's, it's, it's an awesome church, and he's, uh, he's a great guy. So go ahead and continue to do that. You can see we have our Stephen ministry updates, and we'll hear more about that. Please go ahead and take a look at that. Year-end letters, for those um, who are giving, they are out in um, the area here. Please go ahead and pick those up today. Dining for Women, our next Dining for Women will be February 18th. And it uh, looks like they're getting ready for the third annual Mardi Gras party. Don't get excited. It's not that crazy, but they do have a good time, right? They do have a good time. And if you have information, you can see that there. Um, substance abuse ministry, the um, ministry to help deal with that, um, is going to meet right after church. And, um, and so we're really going to um, really connect hard in that this year. Uh, next week will be Paris Foundation, correct? And anything needed or people? people and, and uh, all kinds of stuff needed. So we want a couple things. So if you, um, you have the information to connect with Bonnie about that as well. Uh, the other thing that you can see that's going on he here is the emergency packs and supplies for the homeless that Haven's Helping Hands is working on. And um, they're going to have that. You can see what they uh, collect. They were praying to collect 40 emergency packs. Hopefully that'll work as we did also the dinners and other things beginning this year where we blew those away. So we want to uh, continue to do that. And Joel's going to share about the emergency rotating shelter, which is coming up very quickly. Right, Joanne? So it's coming up very quickly. Yep. So our week is February 23rd. As you all remember, in October, we collected some supplies and we need a few more. So I got a, a clipboard I'm going to pass around and please make sure it travels the whole path. So appreciate that. Also, start praying now about how you want to engage in that because in the week of the 25th, is that right, Joanne? Uh, no, I'm sorry. The sign-ups are going to be on the 25th, January uh, 25th. Two weeks from now, we're going to start sign-ups for people volunteering for that. So pray for that as well. I'm going to start right here. Okay, great. And um, I know we had some technical difficulties online. Are we back online yet? Okay, so we're back online. So we welcome the people who are here now um, are watching online and all that good stuff. So we're ready to worship today. Going to have a great time, hopefully, in the Lord. We just want you to relax and just connect to the Lord Jesus. And in doing so now, we want to go ahead. And this is the time of the service where we're going to lift up our prayers. And so here we are. Um, we want to lift up Evie uh, Smith and family and Ruth Gandy. The Lord knows those. Um, Anna has lifted up a fellow paramedic um, from Jeff Station. Nick uh, Gammer, 29, has been battling cancer for three years, and all treatments have been stopped. He's been placed at home on hospice, 29 years old. So please pray for peace, comfort, and mercy for his family, friends, and everybody at work. Um, Jim Legullo asked for prayers for his father. Um, your father's name, Jim, correct? Is that right? And... Um, his brain cancer is taking away the quality of his life. So they're looking into hospice as well. Uh, 
for Joanne Edwards to pray for the England family, for comfort. Mike England passed away this week. Um, Debbie Chadwick um, has to travel for two weeks and won't be here to, uh, to, su- uh, to support. What's that? Oh, the rotating shelter. Oh, really? You're going to be going during the rotating shelter. Okay. So I'm um, looking for someone else to help in and step Joanne. I know they've been uh, kind of Batman and Robin the last uh, year or so. Um, so we definitely need to do that. Where are you going, Deb? Alabama. Okay, so we'll be praying for Alabama too. So, so Debbie's going. But um, we also, and we also still need drivers. They, they need people to drive. They have uh, the, the Boston thing provided for. So if you're willing to drive, please connect. Joanne, there you are there. Please connect right there, and that would be awesome. All right. Um, and just uh, keep praying for the uh, DePietro family. Last week I did this funeral service for Ron DePietro. And um, it seems like there's a lot of stuff already this year when I've been talking to people, a lot of things people have been dealing with already. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We recognize that there are many, many needs, many concerns, and God, only you can touch those and, and reach us where we are. We have people who have, it seemed like the first couple we had are people who are on hospice. And we know, God, that we pray, we're thankful for the for the hospice ministry, but we also recognize that people are winding down this time that you've given them called life and that families are going to be losing loved ones who they love dearly and care about. And so, God, as we recognize that there's those who are in sorrow, be with them and bring your peace. For those who have some joys, uh, we didn't have a lot of joys in our, our prayer time now, but God, you've given us so many wonderful things. We just take time to thank you for that. And then ultimately, God, for your son, Jesus Christ, which makes everything, everything continue and work. As we're doing this series on your will, God, it seems like times we just are walking around in the desert trying to find an oasis. But God, help us to walk in your ways and seek who you are. So right now, we ask a special anointing on everybody here and those who are watching online. God, as we give back a portion of the gifts that you give and have blessed us with so much, May you anoint your tithe and our offering that go to you to meet the needs around this kingdom that is called your kingdom, God, and around this community that so much, so needs a Savior. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen.
Good morning. This morning's scripture comes from Genesis chapter 28, verses 1 through 5. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. Then he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Paddan Aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Paddan Aram, to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, who was the mother of Jacob and Esau. We're also going to read um, from verses 10 through 22. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and all of that you give me, I will give you a tenth.
Good. We're going to, um, I'm going to, Tommy's going to help set up some stuff uh, for me today. Here we can, there we go. We'll move this out of the way. There we go. Good job. There we go. Thank you, Tommy. We'll just pray it holds. Okay. There we go. Okay. Um, well, I, again, I feel like it's uh, kind of a crazy time of year um, at the beginning. Seems like everything, you know, it seemed like so many of us were kind of like, oh, I'm so excited for the new year. And then the new year's here. And we're like, oh, it's same old, same old, same old, right? Um, and we're right back into it. And now we're getting that wonderful uh, stuff called snow and ice. Um, and so we'll, we'll get a good chance to see how that works in the next day, I think. So uh, uh, for those of you involved with school system, you're enjoying it, I know. Um, good. What I want to do today is I'd like to start off with our... Uh, our theme verse that we uh, talked about last week from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It's going to be right up here. So I want you to go ahead and read it along with me. Uh, if, you, if you can go ahead and see that and go ahead and read along with me. If not, it's in your, um, in your bulletin, so go ahead, we can go ahead and do this. So join with me. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's do it again. In whatever you do... Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. What I want you to do is high-five three people and say, whatever. whatever. Come on, high-five somebody. Go ahead. There we go. All right, good stuff. Whatever. All right, you guys be doing this all day, won't you? Um, Last week, if you missed last week, by all means, go ahead and check it out online. What, what we're talking about, we're talking about a series that were, uh, is based on God's will. And last week, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out some things. That, and what we came to the point of, and I think I have it right over there in the corner. I put some circles together. And one of the things we were talking about is that God's will has, to me, has always been this, like, secret, like, I got to look for and search for. Where's God's will? Where is it? Oh, if I, remember we talked about if you married the wrong person, I've thrown all the humanity off. And and so instead of that, we kind of mixed that around and said that the center point is to walk in God's ways so that when we walk in God's ways, then we rest under his will. And I don't, was that freeing for anybody to kind of deal with that last week? I mean, it was kind of freeing for me when I, when I was putting this together. And so whatever we do is accomplished as long as we walk in God's ways, God's will comes about. So it's not about what we do all the time as a matter about who we are. It's not about where we go to school. It's about who we are when we go there. Okay, so that's, that's kind of some of the things that we're going to talk about. So today we're going to talk about a window into God's will. And I want to thank two people. I want to thank Tom Young. Tom uh, came up with a 10th uh, uh, hour uh, uh, window. And then Wes came up with another one. And so I said, uh, the other one was wrapped and I didn't want to mess that up. I figured Tom would forgive me, um, the other person. But I want to thank both of them. They went looking for windows for me this week. And um, we got a window here. So this is, so uh, it's not every place you find a window. You just got to have the right people. So thank you, Tom, for the use of the window that we have here today. And today we're going to talk about a window to see God's will through. And um, we're going to have some fun. Anybody ready to have some fun today? Okay. Anybody need some fun in your life? All right, that's good. All right. So we're going to look at this, and we're going to ha I'm going to put three things up here that we're going to talk about. And we're going to look at these three things based off of the life of Jacob. 
And in order to talk about Jacob, how many know the story of Jacob? If you don't, that's okay. We're going to get to it. Jacob, um, I, it's actually who we named our oldest son after, which is kind of weird because he's the youngest son. But Jacob and Esau were two twins. Esau was the first one born, and he was, he was kind of like a mountain man. He would have been like a Duck Dynasty kind of guy, Harry. And just kind of like, hey, here we go. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a manly man. Where Jacob tended to be the one that stayed home with mom, made stew and beans, you know, just hung out with mommy all the time. And when they were born, so here you, know, you have this Abraham, Father Abraham. He had a kid named Isaac. Uh, Isaac had these twins, Jacob and Esau. And even from Jacob's onset, it's, when Esau was being born, he was grabbing his brother's heel. So from the point of, of birth, and, it, and she also talked about how they wrestled together in her womb. From his onset, he was somebody who always wanted to get the upper hand. And when Esau was headed out first, he's like, oh no, sucker, get back here. And he held on. So they even gave him the name in Hebrew, which means heel. So that's kind of his nickname, and he had to leave that. And remember, the, oh, remember the story, even as a young boy, you were just grabbing on that. Even when you were first born, you were grabbing on that heel, always trying to get something over. Well, the older brother carried a lot of weight in it back then, even more so than it does now. Because as the older brother, Esau, you would get the birthright and the blessing. And with those two things, you were the, the person who took over everything. You were the important child. And you can read in the story or read between the lines that for, for Isaac, Esau was his boy. He's like, he would have put a bumper sticker on the back of his donkey or whatever and said, said my son is a sports star on such and so, you know, that, in, in Canaan's ball team or whatever. That would have been him. Where they would have said, oh yeah, there's, ja there's Jacob. He was mama's boy. So you have these two different ones that are here. And Esau's out doing those rugged, manly things like hunting. And he comes in one day, and he's just starved. Starved to death. He's so hungry. Urgh, his stomach's growling. He's been out. So he tells you he didn't catch much. And he's like out there, I am so hungry. And meanwhile, homemaking Jacob is making some beans and some stew. And he says, give me some of that. And he says, I will if you give it to me. Give, you, give me your birthright. And in the worst deal in human history... He goes ahead and changes his, trades his birthright for a can of soup or some beans, some baked beans. Anybody ever do that? Now, that seems kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? But you know, how many times in our life do we trade immediate gratification for what God has for us as a future plan? You know, we do that all the time. We're not, we're not different than Esau. We trade that immediate need for what God has for us in our lives. But anyway, he did that, traded it for beans, and then later on, Esau's back out hunting, and Isaac is blind, and he's old. He's very old and blind, and he can't hear so well, can't see so well. And remember I said Esau was hairy? Jacob was not. And so, with the help of his mom, he says, hey, let's fool, let's fool your dad. So you got, you got the birthright, let's get the blessing." Now, the blessing was given with the right hand, and that was all authority, and that God would completely bless it. If you had both of those, and you didn't have, and you didn't get anything else, there wasn't anything else left for you. So, Jacob goes in, he makes some food, makes it a little gamey, tastes a little bit gamey, because he is like a chef. And he goes in, he walks in, and the father says, wait a second, uh, sounds like Jacob. He says, no, no, no. He said, come here, let me feel your arms. And this is how hairy this dude was. He, they took, like, 
animal fur or goat skin and put on him. Anybody ever touched a goat? That's one hairy sucker. And they put that on him and he touched his hand and he's like, oh yeah, it feels like Esau. That's how hairy that guy was. He was red and hairy. You know, he could probably look like that, that uh, thing that Bugs Bunny chased around, that big red thing, you know. Uh, and so he comes in, he, bless, he puts his hand on him and he blesses him. And after he blesses him, Esau comes back home. And he is ticked. And he even says, I want to kill you. Now, when, if it was Jacob saying, I'm going to kill you, Esau, they'd be like, yeah, right. But this is Esau. He's bad. He's hairy. And he's mean. And he's mad. So here he is. He's going to kill him. They took the threat so seriously that his parents decided, you know what we got to do? We got to get you out of here. And that brings us to the point of where our story is today in Genesis chapter 28. We have them living in the land of Canaan because there was famine in their homeland. And we're going to see where God wants to move them to the promised land. Now, Esau definitely would have been able to kill Jacob easily. No problem, he would have killed Jacob. And so here's where we are. So um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read today. And it's going to be up on the screen for you. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 28. And we're just going to read along and spend some time here. So... This is after Esau said, I'm going to kill you, sucker. And he goes ahead and he says, So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him, then commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Remember the land in Canaan. Now that sounds racist, doesn't it? But it wasn't racist, it was religious. Because the Canaanites had multiple gods and different gods that were opposite of the true God. And so here they are, he's saying, I don't want you getting entangled with someone who's going to lead you down the wrong path. Because what I've done, I've given you my birthright, and I've given you the blessing, and I need you to continue that blessing that God has provided. So that's not what they are. So here's what he says. Go at once to Badanaram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel, and take a wife for yourself there among the daughters of Laban, your brother's mother. Now some, right now, some of you are wondering, um, I didn't know part of the Bible was in Kentucky. Um, but I, I like Kentucky. It's fine. I'm just joking. Just a joke. You're from Virginia. Oh, well, hey, sorry. I'm in trouble now. Forgiveness, right? Um, I like Kentucky. It's a good, good basketball. All right. I love when people look at it. You've gone too far there. Okay, here we go. So here's where we are right now. We're here where he's, he's gone ahead and he said, I'm sending you back to another area in order to go ahead and to connect to family. I want you to marry somebody who's good. So in verse 1, let's look at this again. So Isaac called Jacob and blessed him, and then he commanded him not to marry. Now, it's really interesting here. It says Isaac commanded Jacob, right? Isaac commanded Jacob. Now, right here, you would think that it would be one of those areas where he's got the blessing. He's the one who's going to wrestle with God later on, and he's going to go ahead and have his name changed to Israel, meaning wrestle with God, man, and overcome. But here we have Isaac, where it says, Isaac called him and commanded him, do not, do not do this. You go here, you go do that. So here's the first thing I want to share with you that is a window of God's blessing. And my writing is atrocious. Um, but we're going to go ahead and do this. So the first thing that we have here is the influence. Uh, it's hard to see. Of others. hard to see on that. The influence of others. That's our first thing that we're going to look at. The influence of others. It's up here. So that's our, our number one area. That one's a little bit better. 
that in order to find God's will, sometimes he'll use the influence of other people in our lives. Here, we're taking a, a look and saying that God is not personally commanding him, but he's using somebody who has a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more connection to go ahead and to, to share this. Now, how many of you in your life, do you have somebody in your life that may be the person that says something to you and you kind of dismiss at times, but they really know you well and they're really connected to God? Like, let me ask you, and I'm going to say this, sometimes, and a lot of times, your wife may be speaking to you for God. No amens there, ladies? Uh, sometimes, I'll try this again. Sometimes your wife may be speaking to you the words of God to you. Amen. All right, there we go. And other times, you know, you may not like what they're saying to you. You may, not, you may think that they're clueless about life. But sometimes, maybe, and maybe many times, your parents are really speaking the words of God to you, the will of God to your life. Maybe, I'm talking to teenagers now. Teenagers, maybe your parents go ahead and may know something. Parents. Okay, there we go. Just making sure you're awake here. Uh, you know, there, I, I have a lot of voices in my head, and that's besides everybody else talking to me. But a lot of times people will talk to me, and I can tell you my wife, Melissa, knows me best and sometimes says the right things for me in whatever situation I'm in. I don't like it all the times because she knows me better than I know myself. And God knows that if she speaks to me, I'm going to listen a little bit better than he would if he spoke to me directly. A lot of times that happens. Often we look for God's will rather than hearing it from people. A lot of times we're sitting there, uh, you know, like I love the old story where the man's in the boat and he's stranded there and it's broken down and he's praying for God to come rescue him and all of a sudden here comes a, a boat and he says, no, 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 I prayed to God, God's going to rescue me. Comes a helicopter, comes by and he says, oh, no, 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 I I'm good, I pray to God to rescue me. And, uh, you know, another boat comes by and he says, come on, let's go. And he's like, no, I pray for God to rescue me. And then he dies and he goes to heaven, and he goes, God, what happened? He said, I sent two boats and a helicopter. You know, we're looking for God to come down and go, whoop, let me pick you up, when it just was the boats and the helicopter. So other people, the influence of other people sometimes is very important. Here you have Jacob, who at this point in his life is 40 years old. He's been close to mama. His brother wants to kill him. He's got no prospect of a wife. And yet the people around him now are sharing with him, here's what you need to do. You know, have you ever ended up in the wrong place? Uh, one time we did, a, at a church I was at, we did a mission trip. And in the meantime, I had gone from the mission trip and went, uh, went to go visit a former parishioner who was dying in another part of Florida. And I went back and I said, I'd meet everybody at Orlando Airport. And I got there a little bit early, so I went and I put the rental car back, sat there, and I'm just having a good time. And I'm like, it's getting closer. It's about, you know, half, 20 minutes before we need to get there. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And I said, but where are they? Where, where are these people? So finally I go ahead and I call one of the people and I'm like, where are you guys? They said, you know, we're right here by where you check in and you get on, on the flights. I said, where? And they said, I'm right by where it says, you know, the, the outgoing, outbound flights. I said, me too. And they said, well, we're right by the Hertz counter. And I said, well, me too. Well, where are you? And I'm looking around for them. And I realized I was in the international flights area. 
And I had like 10 minutes now to get to the other place. And I did my, for those of you who are old, my best O.J. Simpson running over through the airport kind of thing. And I got there and I was like, <laughs> and walked right on and got on there. I was in the wrong place. And a lot of times when we're in the wrong place, it's because we don't stop and ask anybody how, you know, that we trust that has the word of God in their lives to help us. The influence of others is a very, very powerful thing. Several times in my life, I know when I was... I call it my Jonah moments in life, that I remember my father telling me at this one point when he had had enough of me, you know, one, the Lord's never going to leave you, but one day he's going to let you go. And you know, at the time I just kind of went, whatever. But you know, then that sunk into my spirit and, and spoke to me at a very important, important time. You know, we waste so much time going the beltway around our lives. We go around and around and around and around and around and around rather than just listening to those people that God has put into our lives in order to help us. You know, God will place the right people in your lives. Look at this next verse that we have from Psalm 68. Psalm 68 says that I am the father of orphans, the champion of widows, is God in his holy house. God makes homes for the homeless, leads prisoners to freedom, but leads the rebels to rotten hell. You know, a lot of times what happens is when we get in these situations, we say, Jack, but you don't understand. In my situation, my father left when I was younger. In my situation, uh, I have no home. In my situation, God sometimes will send people into your way to fill those voids. So when you don't have a father, he'll send somebody who, who fills that role. When you don't have a spouse, God will bring somebody in, the, in that nature to bring that, that connection. That's who God is. And sometimes when we're looking for the answer the way we want, we won't see it because the influence of others, we don't look as the influence and the will of God. And we need that more than ever. Don't underestimate how God uses the right people and the right voices to lead you into his will. Never underestimate that. You know, when I think about it, and I've talked to so many people, they're like a young uh, a woman who's grown up and her whole sexual identity is completely crushed because of one connection with some boy who used her for the wrong reasons and crushed her whole outlook on life about what love is. Or marriages that are broken because we've listened to our friends who are quote friends who had no idea and no, no care for, for the reason that you stand by each other through thick or thin and we just tend to just toss in the towel for what we need. Time and time again we've made wrong situations and end up in the wrong places because we didn't listen to the influences that God has set in our life. God uses a great person, as he did here with Jacob, to impart a wisdom that he wasn't ready to hear from anybody else, but that somebody else could know. So our first thing is, I want you to know, what, po what negative messages are you hearing? What, what messages that you don't like? Inconvenient messages, let me put it that way, that you're hearing that God is really speaking his will to. And what positive messages are you hearing that God is speaking his will to? Okay? Number two. So first one is the influence of others. Number two. You ready for number two? The influence of others? Life situations. Life situations. Now as we look at this, let's go back to, I told you we're going to talk about Jacob. Let's go back to verse three. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of people. Now don't you think this is very odd? This is very odd. Why is Jacob leaving? What? Because not only mad, he wants to do what? Esau wants to kill him. 
So in the point where he's got somebody hunting him down, he's got somebody who's chasing him down, wants to kill him, Isaac is speaking about blessing of God. Did you realize that? That Esau wants to kill him, but God is saying, you, but God is saying through Isaac, you are going to be blessed and fruitful and increase your, increase your numbers until you become a community of people. May he give you your descendants and, and the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you reside as a foreigner, the land of Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way and he went to Badan Haram and Laban son of Bethel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, who was also the, the mother of Jacob and Esau. God will use your life circumstance, good, bad, or indifferent, to bring about his will. No matter what it is. I've only got one amen quarter today. Feel free to say it. I don't care. It works. Um, Keeps me going. Make sure you're awake and have a pulse. Here's what happens. Let's look at this. God uses chaotic or undesirable situations. How many of you in your life over this last year or sometime in your life have been in an undesirable, bad situation in your life? How many have had a good situation in your life? Okay. God will use all those, and I'll show you, uh, I'll give you some examples why. There was a story that I used to share years ago, and I haven't shared it in a long time, but it was about a lady who didn't have much at all. She struggled to find food, struggled to pay her bills, but she was faithful to God. She would even go to church and say, oh Lord God, you know, just please provide me enough food to eat this week. And she would come back home, and she lived next door to, a, to an atheist who would always mess with her and say, there's no God, God, forget that. You keep praying, and you still have nothing. So one day, he heard her on the porch saying, Lord God, just please provide food for me this week. So she went inside, and he said, I'm going to get her. So he went, and he went and bought groceries. He bought a whole bunch of them. He stuck them out on her uh, porch and then tapped on the door and took off and hid around the corner. And she came out, and she saw these. After she had been praying, she goes, God did it! God did it! God did it. She stands around. Yes, Lord, you did it. God, you did it. God, you did it. And finally the guy pops out and says, ha, caught you. He said, God didn't do it. I bought the groceries. She said, no, God did it. He said, no, I did it. I bought the groceries. She danced around. She said, no, God did it. He said, look, here's the receipt. I did it. There is no God. She said, no, God did it. And he used the devil to pay for it. Your perspective on life and your life situations doesn't mean that God didn't do it. Tell us, hey, you know what? High five them same people. Tell them God did it. Go ahead. Look at your life situation. The good, the bad, the ugly. You may be in the midst of a bad situation and you need to trust God through it like this lady. And maybe the devil will pay for it. Maybe you're in a good situation. Maybe you're in a financial situation where God has blessed you beyond measure. But with that, God wants you to utilize that. He wants you to be a generous giver. He wants you to reach out to the less fortunate and give to them. Not hoard it up for yourself so that you can leave it in a will for somebody when you die. (laughs) Anybody win Powerball? I'm just asking. You better believe if God's blessed you, he wants you to use it for his kingdom. You know, don't pray about it. People say, you know, I have all this money and I'm going to pray about it. Don't pray about it. Just do it. 
Just give it. Don't always pray. Think. God gave you a brain to think with. Use that. Or maybe you lost your job. And you're spending so much time focusing about losing your job that you didn't realize God just freed you up a whole bunch to serve him. Use your time. Through adversity, God has an advantage. Or maybe you're, dare I say, more mature in life. You're older. And you say, I put in a lot of years in Sunday schools. I, I did my time. I'm good. No, your time's not gone. God can use you to mentor somebody and clean up somebody's mess who's going through a lot of stuff and use you in a powerful way. You're not done because the best years are just, still just yet to come. You know how old Moses was when the burning bush happened? In his 80s. Yeah, you got more time. So ask yourself, what advantages do you have that God wants to leverage and use? And what limitations do you have that God wants to embrace you? A limitation is not always a bad stumbling block. Sometimes it's an area to stop and look around yourself and say, okay, okay, God, what do you want to do with this? You know, several years ago, and many of you have been here for a while, several years ago I was in another denomination, and I, and I, was, I grew up in the denomination, and I, and I loved it, and I connected to it, and I was one of the youngest ordained elders in this uh, conference, and, um, which, which I enjoyed, and, and I connected, and, and God blessed a couple churches that I was at, and then I got a call. They, they like to do something called the itinerant system, which means musical chairs every so years. After you're in them for a while, we're like, okay, pop you up, pop somewhere else. Um, and they sent me to a, a nice area, um, Lewis, down um, in, um, in Bethel. And, um, but it was during the peak of the market. Financially, it wasn't feasible for Melissa and I to move our very large family down there at the time. And it was a very, very trying time. Now, for a career point, if I was looking at the ministry as a career stepping block, it was a good thing. If I had kept myself, uh, my mouth shut, which I know is very hard for me to do, and I had just been a good boy, um, the person who followed me as the pastor there became a district superintendent. That's somebody who does the musical chairs kind of stuff um, and is there. And, um, but in the meantime, I recognized the church was growing. It grew from uh, 298, 297, and three services to about 467 at one point. And, um, and so God was blessing and connected some awesome people there that still tell me they watch online occasionally. It's just some awesome godly people that I love. But the situation was not a good situation as far as family. And when I realized, when I got moved down there, I had a six-month-old. Her name was Hannah. And we did some crazy stuff like sleeping in an office on air mattresses. Um, uh, we did things like uh, my family stay here and I'd be gone for two, three weeks in a row and then come home. And um, Melissa used to joke, but it wasn't a joke, that I was her college student because I'd come bring my um, laundry home and then head back out the door. Um, and it was this kind of stuff. But from a career point of view, it was... It was a good move. And to leave that was dumb. But you see, I had, my kids were only young once. They only had a daddy that much time. My wife and I only had those time in our 30s for a little bit. And so when I looked at adversity and as a limitation, God used as a blessing if I was obedient to him to begin and come here and start a church which 
I, I put faith in other kinds of things that didn't work out, but really God used them, the influence, and put a life situation, which was probably one of the most difficult times in my life, to bring about where we are today, sitting here today. You know, one of the things I've always decided to do as a, as, as a, per, a pastor was to always side in the fact of if my kids had an event, if my kids had a game, a dance recital, something, I was going to be there. Because, you know, um, and you, guess, you know, even over meetings, because guess what? There's always another meeting. Amen. My kids are only in that once. You know, Jacob is at the point now, those t-ball years seem a long time ago. You remember those t-ball years, anybody? Where you just couldn't wait for it to be over? <laughs> you're like, you're just running around, and, and, and you got grown adults fighting over t-ball. <laughs> he messed the base. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh, let's kill each other over t-ball. <laughs> and you know, but you know what? Those, those times, sometimes you do anything to just have that again. Am I right? And so that only happens because they're only young for a blink of your eye. And some of those things that you like dread going to, you would, those of you who have older kids, you'd just love to go back to one more, wouldn't you? Amen. Amen. You see, because whatever, it may be worker, it may be parent, it may be husband, it may be wife, I don't know what it is. But in my case, you know, there's always another avenue to preach you know, when you think, God, God, you want me to come preach? You want, okay, we got to be at this meeting, got to be at that. Yeah, but you know what? I got to be a daddy too. So a lot of times we just need to stop praying for God to remove the limitations in our life and embrace the limitations that lead us to God's will. You see, Jacob was in a situation. He was the 40-year-old virgin long before the movie ever came out. He was unmarried, had no prospects in Canaan. His brother wants to kill him. He's on the run. Sounds like a Springer episode, doesn't it? In your problem, though, God is leading you to your purpose. God was using the whole predicament to lead him to the place that he was going to bless him. Look how it says in, in verse 10. Verse 10, Jacob left Beersheba, set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and he lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with his top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, there's a lady that's sure all that glitters is gold and she's buying her stairway. Okay, just saying, no. Um, I always think of that when I see that verse, don't you? Um, sorry. Um, said, I am the Lord your God, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and the east and the north and the south. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Again, where his life feels like it's shrinking, he's running away from what he knows and where he was comfortable because of the upheaval. And while, while his brother is talking about exterminating him, God's talking about expanding him. 
You know, because what happens is no matter what our situation, our life situation can be bad, but God's will will be done no matter what our situation is. No matter who says, no, I'm going to take you out. He says, no, 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 I'm going to bless you. You see, it reminds me of what Jesus said when he told his, his disciples. He said, I'm, I'm not going to be with you much longer. But don't worry, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you orphaned. I'm going to send another counselor who will be the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you something. I'm going to leave you something so important. And that's our next one. Next one is going to be. So we have influence. And we have number three. Leading of the Holy Spirit. Leading of the Holy Spirit. Jacob had a stairway. But we, we don't have a stairway. We have Jesus who came down from heaven who went back up and sent his spirit to live within us. We have the Spirit of God, the same that swept across the waters that brought things into creation. We have the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We have the Spirit, which is the promise from God that said, these things I do, you will do even greater in my name through my Spirit. We have access to the Spirit of God. We may not have the perfect situation, but the Spirit of God can lead and guide us to where we need to be, to the right place. Here is Jacob. And he's not a rugged guy. Remember, he was used to the finer things in life. He, would, he wouldn't watch the DIY network. He would be watching Lifetime television. He liked the finer things like that. And here he is now in the middle of nowhere. And what's he doing? He pulls up a rock, a big stone for a pillow. That's not a comfortable area for him. Yet he falls asleep in the midst of this. Our situations may not be perfect, but God can lead you to the right place. There's a couple, uh, a couple years ago, I was in a place um, in my life where I was just, I, I was reaching a major burnout in everything in life. I was frustrated. I was agonized. I was frustrated with God, frustrated with me, frustrated with you. I was just frustrated in life. Anybody been in a burned out position? And here I was, and all of a sudden, um, this email came called the Refresh Conference. And I was like, sounds good. I don't know who's running it, but I'll go. And I saw one name on there was Rick Warren. I said, hey, anything Rick Warren's part of has got to be good. So I'll go. And he was only like there for five minutes, so it wasn't all about that. But as I was there, it was weird because I've always gone to conferences where I've known somebody and could pal around with somebody and that kind of thing. And here I was all alone in this conference in Orlando. So I decided to go to Disney for a day. You ever gone to Disney by yourself? Not fun. Um, just like, you know, not fun. And... Um, and so I just sat there. I was, I was texting Melissa like, hey, don't you want to get on a plane and come down here? She's like, yeah, but no. Um, and, and this kind of stuff. So we went back and forth, and I was just really lonely. I was really frustrated and burned out. Um, I was kind of like at that point where I felt nobody loved me. Nobody, everybody hated me. I just, you know, wanted to, like, you know, just eat worms. But, or poor mom. Why would you do that? I don't know. That, that's another story. And during that time, during that time, I sat there, and a pastor named Todd Clark from a church at that time out in Simi Valley, um, he spoke. And it was as if he was speaking my mind. And everything that he spoke to me 
was the Word of God. It was with a group, uh, a conference called the Christian Church of America. There is something called that, um, North America. I had never heard of them, but I went. You see, God used someone else that I had no clue who it was, Todd Clark. He took my life situation, which was very down at that point, where I even wondered whether I even wanted to, to continue in ministry at all, and took it to a point where he put me in a life situation that he brought me by the leading of the Spirit to Orlando, and what Mickey Mouse couldn't do, God did through his Spirit. I, I think this is for somebody here today. I think your life situation, and you've been blocking out what others have been saying, but the, the Spirit of God wants to do something that nothing else can do in your life. Look at what he says after he wakes up in, in verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Why was he surprised? Because throughout his whole life, he was heel-grabbing, scheming, trying to get one up, trying to make God's will be his will, figuring it out, clawing, scraping, sucking up to mom, cheating dad, all to get what he wanted. All that stuff. And what the recognition is, by a person, he didn't look like a person that God would use. But I'm, I want to tell you something. If you're here today... No matter what life you've lived, God wants to bring you to a place of blessing. Because Jacob lived a conniving, scheming. I mean, he would not be somebody you'd say, hey, can you hold this money for me today? I'll get it tomorrow. Not going to happen. He's going to say, what money? He's that type of human being. God got him still at one point in his life. And when he got him still, he said, whoa, God is here. You're here, God. You're here. In verse 17, we'll talk to you in a second. I need some volunteers. Because a lot of times we, we think again about, as I talked about last week, God's will is a secret thing. I think Jacob was trying to find it and grab it and steal it when all he had to do was just live in God's ways. So I, um, I need, give me a, a, about, give me two volunteers. Two volunteers. I'll draft you. Anybody? Come on, Lisa. All right, Lisa. Here we go. Somebody else. Thomas said no to, to this week. Okay. All right, here we go. Good. Here we go. All right. Um, Jake, Jacob got this thing and this game. And um, you like jelly beans? You like jelly beans? Okay, good. All right, this will be good. Um, and they had this, this game. Anybody heard of these Bean Boozled? Anybody heard of these? You heard of this? They probably taste it. Look, what they have, they have like the colors and the things that you usually like. Like for instance, if um, you can have... Um, Tutti Frutti, or it looks the same, and it could be stinky socks. <laughs> you could have lime, and it could be lawn clippings. Ew. You could have buttered popcorn, it could be rotten egg. You could have blue, uh, berry blue, toothpaste, uh, chocolate pudding, or canned dog food, uh, peach or barf, uh, juicy pear or booger, um, caramel corn or moldy cheese, coconut or baby wipes, licorice or skunk spray. All right. So, here we go. Let's see. Let's find one that's similar here. Okay, let's... let's we'll, we'll, I'll do it with you, okay? Does that work? Yeah. Hold on. Hold on, here we go. I, I'll give you that one. Hold on, wait. 
I'll give you this one. Let me see. I got to put these away, okay? All right? I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Let me put these back in. Oh, I dropped the lawn clippings on the ground or something. Sorry. All right, let's take a look. So, what do we got? This one could be tutti fruity or stinky socks. Are you ready? At the count of three. I hope you get the bad one. Ready? One, two, three. I got tutti fruity. Stinky socks? Yes! I got tutti fruity. I played this with my kids the other night and I got the bad one every time. Wanna try another one? All right. All right, let's. Yeah. All right, come on. It's disgusting, isn't it? Mm. All right. Let's do green. Uh, you want to eat that one? No. Right. Wait, let me see. No, you know what? Let's do this one. Here you go. Okay, wait. All right. This one, this one here, this is going to be the good one. This one is butter popcorn or rotten egg. No, no. All right, you ready? No, there's nothing. Wait, no, there's another one. You want, you want some more stinky socks? Okay, just think. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. You good? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. All right, thanks. You know, this is how some of us think God's will is. That God's bean boozling us. He's like, <laughs> you can marry her. She could be completely insane or she could be good. <laughs> you won't know. You know what? You know what? You can take that job and it can be the worst thing in your life. Or <laughs> it could be great. You don't know till you do it. That's not God. God is not trying to beam boozle you. Thank God. I got skunked the other night. It was awful. Um, God is not trying to beam boozle you in your life. A lot of people believe that's how God works, and that's not how it works. He loves you. We spend time saying, what if I don't? What if I don't? What if I don't? Then God will. What if I go to the wrong school and God had it at the other school that that's the person I was supposed to marry? Well, God will have you bump into each other in the mall somewhere. God is not sitting around going, oh, please don't make that wrong mistake. Otherwise, my will is shattered. Jacob said, surely the presence of God is in this place. And I did not know it. In verse 17, he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. When I stop trying to see through my window and start to look through the window that God has placed for me, then I can say, how awesome are you, God? I can stop and stop looking at, at church and church uh, situations and just my faith journey that's up and down and saying, uh, uh, and say, how awesome is this place, God, that I can come and worship you? 
How awesome are you, God? How awesome is it to have God? In verse 18, early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head. He set it up as a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. And he called the place Bethel, which means house of God. Though it used to be called Luz. And you, you pronounced it right there. Luz, it technically is Luz. And what's interesting is Luz, Bethel means house of God. But Luz is something that we never talk about. It means growing there. You see, I think Jacob did some of his greatest growing right there. Some of his tragic, lonely situation, he did some incredible growing. That's there. And if, and then he says, and I want to tell you, if, in verse 20, if God will be with me, and if he will watch over me on this journey I am taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And the stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give a tenth. You see what he said at this point? I don't know what the future holds. I know what my past has been. And I know where I am right now. And this situation stinks. I like being in mama's kitchen a lot better. But he set that stone up. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop and I'm going to build my life on this rock. And you know, Jesus told us a story that's very familiar with that. In Matthew chapter 7. And we'll close with this today. He says, Therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation in what? In what? In the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. The main thing that we have here is that these two people are in the same place in life situation. Because the same storm's hitting them both. One chose to build his foundation in the rock. Another person, and that was the one that Jesus said, here's these words of mine. The other person put it in, in sand. Doesn't say he didn't hear it, but said he heard it and didn't put it into practice. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the word of God. The word of God. And when we look at our lives in the Word of God, sure, we need the influence of others. Yes, we got to look at our life situation, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yes, we have to go ahead and follow the leading of the Spirit. But the best window that God reveals His will to us through is His Word. And when we place all those under the Word of God and we look through the pain of the Word of God, what others say will be the, through the lens of the Word of God. The life situation that we have, good, bad, or different, it will be through the Word of God. And ultimately, the leading of the Holy Spirit, it will be, we will know because it will be consistent with the Word of God. The number one window we learn God's will through is His Word. And if there's one thing that somebody can say, Jack, how can I learn the word of God? How can I know what God's will for my life is? It's get into his word. Start reading his word. Don't worry about where it's leading you because guess what? When we start on a journey, God is faithful and brings us there.
So the word of God is where we have all these things. So when we raise up his word above all things, then we find out God's purpose. And we're not being boozled. Amen? Amen. Praise team, come up. Lord God, as we can enter this time now where we are seeking your will, and we're looking for your direction in our lives, I'm going to ask that everyone please stand. Father, as you know our life situations. And God, you promised to be the father to the fatherless, the husband to the widow. You promised to bring a home to the homeless. You promised so many things. And yet, God, as we journey through life, we're not seeing that in the right way. We're not seeing your hand. We're not listening to the influence of others. We're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit as we should because we really need to have your word lifted up in our lives. So God, during this time as we're together, I ask you to just help us refocus. Refocus the hurt because we listen to maybe some of the wrong voices. Because God, we know that even though you will use the influence of others to lead us to a positive area, you will also use the influence of others to, the enemy will use the, the influence of others to lead us to a negative area, a, way, a place away from your will. So God, just help us see who you are. Let us walk in your ways so that we can be in your will. Let's open your word. Speak new things to us. Speak healing to, a, to our broken hearts. Speak renewal to our clouded and hurt minds. Speak direction while we've got our head laying on a rock in the middle of a place of growth, but we don't see the growth. And ultimately, God, let us see you. Now, I know there's people in this room today that are going through life situations. And in your life situations, you're trying to find God. And if you just need God to bring some clarity to that life situation, just kind of raise your hand where you are. Go ahead, I see you. God, just where they are, just, just touch them and make clear where you have them go. They need to understand more of the leading of the Spirit and need your word. But there's other people here, God, who don't even know you. Or maybe have gotten so far off track that they need to reconnect. So, Lord, they need to say, hey, I'm a sinner. I've missed the point. But no matter what life I've lived, God, you want to bring me into the blessing of your will. If that's you today, just go ahead and raise your hand where you are. Amen. This time... I'm going to ask our prayer coordinators, our prayer leaders, Stephen ministers to come up forward and just be here to pray. Father, do your will move mightily in this place. May it be for us a Bethel, a house of God. In your name we pray. Amen.
Awesome. Awesome God, right? How awesome is this place, right? How awesome is this place? This place where we can be in the presence of God. We don't need a ladder. Um, we don't need uh, Jimmy Page playing it. We don't need, uh, definitely don't need Robert Palmer now singing it um, anymore. But what we do need is the presence of the Holy Spirit leading us through his word. Amen? Okay, uh, so a couple things. Um, gosh, this feels like we could continue on and on. Um, next week, um, next, we're going we're gonna to finish up in the next couple weeks. Um, Nicole's here for a couple more weeks, right? Two more weeks. And she's going to have an opportunity to share with us. I'm so glad she's been able to bring um, her gift back home uh, for this time with us. We've been blessed to have her share here with us. And she's going to share a little bit more. And we're going to have an opportunity to respond to help her as she's seeking God's will. It's kind of great how God shifted all this kind of stuff together. So we'll do that in a couple weeks. Next week, we're going to have... Um, 3D shades. Um, I'm not going to have a 3D movie, don't worry. Um, but we're going to have um, going deeper 3D shades. And we're going to talk about some, some areas of God's life. How? H- how do we discern that with all these different kinds of things? All right? So this week, have an awesome week. Stay safe, particularly in how, th- how the weather's going to be or however, however it may go. But ultimately, know you have a God who loves you. And, and he wants to work his will in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen.